Welcome to week number three of our sermon series focused on that word that begins with F, forgiveness. Scars. How many of you by a show of hands have scars on your body? All right, most of you, many of you, the older you get, the odds are good that that will happen to you. Why do we have scars? For the most part, scars are an ever-present reminder of a wound, an injury, something took place or transpired, a surgery was required because we live in a broken world. Body breaks down, knees need to be replaced, there are scars. Uh, your heart gets weaker, you, you, you need a, a valve replacement, there's a scar. Even for some of the most simple of surgeries today from uh, an appendix that is close to rupturing, it might be small, but there's a scar. And some of our scars are from recklessness, just clumsiness. That's literally the, the reason why I bear one scar, it's the only time I've ever been to a hospital. Uh, you can see it on the screen. I know it might be a little blurred out, but there's a little space in the middle there that's a little bit uh, lighter than, than the rest of it. That's my left knee. And it's a scar from one of my man moments. Like on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, people are coming over. My wife sends me out to the garage when we lived in Illinois. And instead of moving things out of the way or moving the car back a little bit so I could pull things out, no, in my haste and hurry to get it done, I, I believed I could climb over things and do it really quickly. And, and in the process of trying to stretch out over the car, I brought my left knee up into the license plate that had a jagged edge and it tore up that knee. Yeah. And that's the scar that I still have today. Partly because I don't think uh, I went to the emergency room fast enough. I had another man moment and thought I could put enough pressure on it, bandage it myself, get it to stop bleeding, until my wife said, dude, you got to preach tomorrow morning, it's Thanksgiving Day, and if you don't take care of it, you're going to have blood dripping down your leg, and you're going to make everyone stomach churn, and they're not going to want to eat their food later that day. So go get it fixed. And the nurse said it was a good thing I did. But she also said this will probably happen, even though the stitches are few, the location of that, that wound uh, due to the, the knee and the movement and, and all those things that you're not going to keep it immobilized for the next several weeks while those, it's healing, it'll leave a scar. And I still have it today. An ever-present reminder that sometimes it's better to take a little time to do it more safely and less quickly. Scars. I, I'm not going to ask you to submit them to me so that, that I can put them on the screen. But I want you to think about your scars, not the one from your knee surgery or your open heart surgery, your valve replacement or your uh, appendicitis. I want you to think about emotional scars, now, the ones you carry, the, the ones that are real, the ones that you bear, the ones that are embedded in your brain, uh, the ones that you're reminded of when you see a calendar, the emotional scars from the wounds, the clumsiness the intentionality, whatever it is, from others. And I want you to maybe think about those two or three scars that you carry or have, or, or maybe some of the wounds that are really fresh right now from the sins that others have committed against you. Not one of the 2.86 million that I talked about last week. Remember that big uh, number of, of all of our stones that we've ever thrown at other people? 
Uh, I don't want you to think about all those smallish little ones because those do some damage, but they might leave a bruise and bruises disappear. Uh, some sins, they affect you for a day, but you, you kind of leave them behind far more easily than others. I, I want you to think about these kind of stones that get thrown at you. Like the ones if I asked for a volunteer and, and said, lay down right here, I'm going to hold this over my head and drop it on your kneecap kind of wound. Like those kind of emotional wounds, those real big life-changing hurts, those kind of sins. I, I want you to think about the scars that you bear from them or maybe the wounds that are still very open and, and you're still dealing with and you're, you're longing for healing. If I carry this around during the whole sermon, I'd be out of breath and that would be the end of me. That big. Those wounds. What are they for you? Is it the wounds that, that are real and the scars that you bear from the, the spouse that, that walked? That just left you holding the bag, dealing with the kids, hasn't paid you any child support, and, and, and the wound and the scars are real? What is a scar? Is it the, the damage that was done from a fist of, of a parent? who was physically abusive of you, as you were, when you were a child and you can't get over it. It, it. it ruins many of the relationships you have still today because you have that baggage and you're struggling with forgiving that. Is it the emotional side of things? Uh, that you ha your parents were zeros when it came to being there for you. They were too much about themselves. They, they didn't understand your problems and and now you're trying to figure out, how can I ever forgive that? Like, I see them now as an adult, and I still wrestle with the fact that the, the way that they raised me, the emotional baggage that they dumped on me, has ruined me, affected me. Or maybe it's your reputation. Like, maybe you are so betrayed by someone else or attacked by someone else, and it was done in a way that is public and it's online and it's for, there forever and for everyone to see. And you struggle and wrestle with forgiving that because your reputation and your name has been ruined. And we could go on and on and list many of things that could be on the list of those kind of big wounds, right? And that's what we need to talk about today when we deal with forgiveness. Because all of us have scars from wounds like that. Some of us have wounds that are open and are still maybe bleeding and only have scabs that are, that are there and there's a part of us that wants to pick that up and, and rip it open again and, and get revenge for that stone, that sin that hurt us. So I don't know what it is for you. I don't know in what way you wrestle with or struggle with this, but, but Joseph gets it. He would actually acknowledge this reality and truth. When, when spiritually speaking, we get hit with a stone, when we get sinned against, a, a big stone gets dropped on us. Stones leave wounds. Sins leave wounds. When there's a wound, there's pain. When there's a wound physically, there's a loss of blood. Um, emotionally, when you get wounded, there is pain. There is wreckage. There, there is a loss of something. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's emotional. But, but stones leave wounds. They do. 
And God wants us to know how to deal with those wounds. How to find healing for our wounds. How to deal with the scars when they're visible. Five, ten, twenty years later. And that's what the story of Joseph allows us to do. Get an answer to the question of how do I forgive that? How do I forgive them for that? That wound. That life-changing scar that I carry. How do I forgive them for that? Joseph knew what it was like to deal with wounds. I kind of described it before, but just for the sake of Cliff Notes version, Joseph was the favorite child, one of 12 sons of Jacob. Jacob is also known as Israel. The whole Old Testament, if you ever read through it and you wonder, where do all these tribes get these names from? Have you, have you ever asked that question? Like, why these 12 tribes? They're the 12 sons of Jacob. So he's the, the father of 12 boys. Joseph was one of them. Uh, Jacob, unfortunately, had two wives and some other people in his wife that he had children through. We can talk about that some other time, which led to a lot of chaos. And, and it also caused Jacob to favor one, Joseph, the oldest son from the, the wife that, that he really wanted to have before he was tricked into marrying her sister. I know, this sounds really confusing. That tells you there's a lot of stones and a lot of wounds in the world. Jacob loved Joseph, gave him a special gift, a coat of many colors. His brothers were jealous, and in a jealous rage and in their anger, they decided they wanted to kill him. But instead of killing him, one of the brothers spoke up and said, let's sell him. Let's sell him to this group of slave traders, and, and they'll take him away forever. We'll We'll cover up his death by taking his coat, painting it in the blood of an animal, and saying, hey, Daddy, your favorite son died. Joseph's sent off, and, and he's taken to Egypt, a land far away from his home. He's never going to see his parents again. He's been wounded greatly, betrayed by his brothers. He, he's bought, and, and he's put in a position as a slave in the house of Potiphar. And In Potiphar's house, he, he, he rises to the level of the head servant. He's entrusted with everything. And Potiphar's wife comes to him and says, sleep with me. And, and Joseph says, no, how can I sin against God? And so she accuses him of, of sexual harassment and, and trying to cross the line. And, and he gets dumped in prison and he's left there for dead. Like he's a slave who's, who's been accused of a crime against a person of power in a land that he's not a citizen. Uh, his odds are pretty good of never getting out. You want to talk about wounds. Joseph bore it. Like he lived it. I mean, his own family betrayed him, and he got put in jail for something he didn't do. You want to talk about someone who could play and use the word victim? He had it. And his brothers knew it. They knew the stone that they threw at him, the sin that they committed against him, was huge. And they knew many years had passed, 20 maybe years had gone by, but the scars were real, and maybe Joseph wanted to equal the score. Because they understood the reality that when you get hit with a stone, there are three options, like we talked about in week number one, right? You can take the option of picking it up and chucking it back, revenge. You can take the option of holding on to it and looking for an open door, an opportunity, never letting it go to, to settle the score. Or you can leave it. And they were fearful that the wound was so big and so bad that Joseph hadn't healed. 
And that's where our text takes us. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, you, you played nice in the sandbox till daddy died. There's been this great reconciliation story, but, but really you've just been waiting for your chance. What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? But Joseph, we're thinking, is maybe in his palace and only been holding on to this idea of how will I ever have the opportunity to execute this plan to get back at them? In their mind, they're, they're, they're thinking about how could Joseph ever forgive us for that? So this is what they did. Now, your dad left these instructions. They sent word to him that, that I want you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. What we did was wrong. We know that we wounded. We know that there's no thing that we could ever do to undo that damage, to undo the wound, to, to ever cause you to be able to move beyond it. But we pray, we beg you for mercy. We call on God's name. Forgive. Doesn't a part of you, when you, you see the brothers writing the letter, thinking in your brain about, yeah, think about all they did. How could, why should, why would Joseph ever forgive that? And you know why we wrestle with that? Because even though you might know the definition of forgive as, as I laid it out two weeks ago, a daily choice to leave the stone alone, even though you might head knowledge, understand God saying, here's why you forgive because your debt is so great, but the, the debt of others to you is so minimal. Forgive because you've been forgiven. We still wrestle, but how do I forgive that? That big stone, that, 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 that wound that, that I, I think about time and time again, when I see that date on the calendar, when I think of that moment, when I, when I see my kids broken and hurting because of that, how do I forgive that? It's something we wrestle with because of another question. When it comes to forgiveness and what God says it is and to do it, we sometimes misunderstand forgiveness because we have this question. But what about that? Lord, I hear what you say about forgiveness. Leave the stone alone. But, but what about consequences? Like, like they hurt me. They wounded me. I, I, I was emotionally damaged by what they did. Aren't there consequences to our relationship? They crossed the line. They physically put their hands on me, even though it never happened before. What about the consequence and the broken trust? What about the, the sexual sin, the, the, the brokenness of trust? What about the betrayal of my confidence, the, the trust? How, how can I ever have that relationship? How can it be restored? How, the, if there are no consequences, what about that? And we need to understand the difference between forgiveness and consequences. We need to understand how they work together. Joseph's brothers had consequences. In fact, Jacob laid it out in his blessing to them. He identified some of their sins and some of their wrongs, and there were earthly consequences for what they did. Consequences are real when wounds are, are real. And... and, and just saying, I, I'm sorry for what I did doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that there is going to be restored relationship in the moment of the brokenness. 
Because reconciliation takes hard work, humbling work, heart work. That, that if you want that restoration to happen, needs to be done for there to be healing. When we talk about forgiveness and, and being able to forgive that, we need to also understand that there are consequences. It's kind of like the liver of a person who's been an alcoholic for 20 years. They drink and they drink and they drink and finally the light bulb goes on. And the doctor says, if you don't change your ways, you're going to die. And so in a moment, they change their ways. They stop drinking. They drop the bottle. They've never hit the booze again. But you know what doesn't happen by dinner? Their liver doesn't get better. It takes time. It will. It's the beauty of the body. But, it, but, but for that to be restored, there... There's an element of time in play. But what about consequences, some might ask? They're real. But what about toxic people? How do I forgive that? Like, if I forgive them, I have to let it go. I have to, I have to see them all the time. I have to re visually remember and, and, and put myself in their presence. And, and it might cause me physical stress. And you know what stress does to some people's bodies? It makes them break down. They can't function. You, you mean I got to deal with that? I got to put myself in that position? And I would say no. Sometimes we need to put up boundaries because it's godly to guard our heart for physical, spiritual, emotional health. It might be something that you need to do when dealing with a hurt that is real, a wound that is open, that maybe you need to have a boundary about what can and can't happen in that relationship. And maybe that, that boundary and that wall gets moved and gets knocked down over time because reconciliation is, is possible and trust has been restored, but maybe it can't. There's a difference between boundaries and that's godly and bitterness that's sinful. Because sometimes we put up boundaries to make people hurt for their sin. And that's not good. And we have to know the difference between forgiveness and, and boundaries and forgiveness and consequences. And we also need to know the difference between forgiveness and leaving the stone alone and, and, and telling someone that they're not forgiven by God when they, they won't confess and admit what they did is wrong. I mean, Jesus forgave those who hurt him, but they, those people had to deal with their actions. And, and sometimes all that confusion about those things make it so hard for us to do what seems to be the impossible to forgive that, that betrayal, that fist, that hurt. And that's what was at the center of Joseph's story. What did he do when the opportunity came to even the score? When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. When the message got to Joseph, he wept. He wept. You know why he could weep? You know why he shed tears? Because it broke his heart. That, that his brothers were, were still dealing with their scars from the wounds that, that they inflicted on him. 
His heart hurt and he wept because they hadn't found peace in light of what they'd done. And we're going to talk about it next week, but what you see in Joseph's brothers are people who were unable to forgive themselves. For that. And yet Joseph knew the answer to the question as to how. It's why it caused him to weep. It's what you see in his words. Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph got the definition of forgiveness. I'm not in the place of God. I'm not going to keep score. I'm not going to seek revenge. I, I, I know it would be ungodly to hold on to the stone. No, I'm not in the place of God. Joseph made a daily choice. He worked at it. He, he dealt with it. He addressed his heart, and he left the stone behind, and he left it to God. Joseph knew the two sides of, of what God would have him believe and trust in faith, that God is a God of justice, like God will deal with the stones. And that God is a God of mercy who's dealt with my stone. Like the only reason Joseph could, could love his brothers like that is because he knew God loved him like that. The only reason Joseph could make that choice and not be bitter is because he knew that God was, was good to him and loved him. And in faith, Joseph knew he, who he was. Forgiven. I don't know what it took for Joseph to get there. I don't know how long it, it took for those wounds to heal. I don't know how many times he maybe asked the question or had the, the thought in his brain, I hope someday comes when, when I get to stand before my brothers and, and I get to see them and I get to tell them what, what they did to me and how it affected me. I, I don't know how he dealt with it or wrestled with it literally. We don't, we don't see Joseph's daily plan of, of, of overcoming the, the hurt and dealing with the wounds but right here we see his heart, which means in faith he was doing the hard work for, for many years of leaving the stone alone, making it a daily choice. How do I forgive that? Like that. I'm not in God's place. And I trust that at the end of the day, God is good. That if I go through the worst of all wounds, in some way, shape, or fashion for my emotional, spiritual, and eternal good, God will use it for good. He will. And here's how I know that. I know you. I know that some of you have been through some really bad stuff, and your lives have been hit with a lot of stones. And in the middle of it, it was pretty bad. And I've been here long enough to see, to get hindsight, and some of it is so good. Like God, God heals our wounds. And it's not time that heals them. It's a daily choice. It's not a five-year window sometimes. It's a daily choice that leaves it to God and loves and knows that, that God forgives me and that God is good to me. And that no matter if I've been wounded and, and, and if I have visual or, or mental scars that I'll never forget, 
God's with me. And I'll use it for my eternal good. And Joseph knew that. He knew the answer to the question that forgiveness heals the wrongs. It it, it heals the wounds. To leave the stone alone and leave it to God helps you heal. So many people view forgiveness about the other person. Like, I have to forgive them. And and it's done for them. Another element of forgiveness when, when someone hurts you and wounds you is to forgive so that you can heal. Bitterness does not allow a wound to heal and form a scar that you can't rip open. Bitterness is only pulling of the scab. Keeping score is just another way to make sure that that wound never heals. But to forgive, you will find healing. And Joseph knew it. And God produced it. And he declared it. And here's what I want you to take away from that, because you still might say, but what about that? How do I forgive that? How do I daily leave the stone alone? I know it's a daily choice, and I know it'll help heal my heart. I know it'll be good for me. How do I do that? Well, I want you to remember this. When you think of that sin and and that hurt, I want you to think about this. That you can see it in Joseph, Jesus. I said before that there's maybe no other victim on the pages of Scripture who endured greater wounds than Joseph. There's one. His name is Jesus Christ. And he was wounded. He was sinned against. Hurtful people wanted to bring him down because they hated him. But you know what Jesus did? He became a victim so that that you and I would not spend eternity away from God. He endured the cross. The Latin word for cross gives us our word excruciating. He endured the most excruciating of deaths. He endured the most excruciating of pains, which was the very pain of hell, so that you and I might be saved. Jesus went to a cross so that you and I might know forgiveness for every wound we caused, for every hurt that is real, to make us victors. It's what the Apostle Peter wrote in his words when he said, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. He didn't pick up the stones. When he suffered, he made no threats. He didn't verbally lash out. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He left the stone alone. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. How do you forgive that? Look at this. Look at the cross. Consider Jesus Christ, the one who became the victim for you and for me. Falsely accused of crimes he didn't commit, of stones he didn't throw. Paid a price that was deserved for you and for me. Went to a cross where he endured the most excruciating of pain and hurt at the hands of wicked people, wounds, for a purpose. So that you and I might be healed. So that you and I might be victors. 
He endured that pain and those wounds so that you and I might find healing for our souls. How do you forgive that? Consider this. Which the Apostle Paul understood. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Paul says, uh, whether we face famine or nakedness, whether we suffer or are persecuted, uh, whether people come after us with the sword, if, if we are wounded by others, no matter what we face, there's not a single thing that can separate us from the love of God. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors. Because I know how much wounds can hurt. I know what it feels like to be a victim of someone else throwing stones at you. It's real. The pain is hard. There's a lot of loss. I, I don't want to minimize it. But God doesn't want your identity to be a victim. Because with him and in him and because of him, you're a victor. You might be going through hurt and pain and dealing with wounds, but God wants you to know he goes with you. And in forgiving the, the, the sin, the daily choice of leaving the stone alone, you'll find healing for your heart. Because it comes from God. You'll find strength for the journey no matter how difficult because God is with you. And I promise you, it, if in that you, you understand that you're a conqueror, that you see Jesus' wounds and scars, you'll understand that they give you hope. Hindsight is twenty twenty at the story of Joseph, but Joseph didn't know how the story was going to end. But he had hope. He trusted God. That God can work in bad things and bring about good. He had hope that God would use this and could use anything for his spiritual, emotional, eternal good. And God can do the same for you. There might be boundaries that, and walls that can never come down, which is to guard your heart. There, there might be consequences that, that are worldly and, and, and can never be overcome and will cause a lack of trust to, to never become something that's real. There can be hurt that, that, that causes earthly consequences through the law. But no matter what the hurt is and what you've gone through, I can tell you this, that, that forgiveness can heal the wounds. Because with God... And through Jesus' scars and his wounds, there's hope. I read a book from a famous author. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of him, Philip Yancey. And he wrote this in the book, The Jesus I Ever Knew, about Jesus' scars and his wounds. He said, I believe the story of Easter would be incomplete without those scars on his hands and the feet inside of Jesus. Jesus could have had any resurrected body he wanted. He chose one mainly identifiable by scars that could be seen and touched. The scars are to him an emblem of life on our planet, a permanent reminder of those days of confinement and suffering. I take hope in Jesus' scars. From the perspective of heaven, they represent the most horrible event that has ever happened in the history of the universe, the crucifixion of God. And Easter turned that into a memory. Because of Easter, I can hope that the tears we shed, the blows we receive, the emotional pain we go through, the heartache, all these will become memories. Just like Jesus' scars. Scars never completely go away. But neither do the hurt, neither do they hurt any longer. Forgiveness heals wounds. 
Jesus' wounds and scars that give us hope. Hope and strength to, to deal with the wounds, to address the scars when, when they come up and, and they're revisited. And hope. Hope that reminds us that one day, the pain, the hurt, scars, there'll be no more. And that's what the book of Revelation tells us and promises that God will wipe away every tear from your eye. There'll be no more death or mourning, crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He was seated on the throne and said, I am making everything. How do I forgive that? Because you know about this. And you know about him. And you know who you are. A forgiven, redeemed child of God. And that's why I love scars. Another picture of mine, if you threw up on the screen again, will remind you that it's there. But here's the funny thing about that scar. I, I had this great idea on Thursday to take a picture of it, and I, I started looking for it, and I kept looking at my right knee, and I, I was like, where is that scar? And it took me two minutes or so to figure out it was on my left knee. <laughs> like Thanksgivings have come and gone. The story isn't told. It's in the past. It's healed. And every once in a while, a sermon like this might remind me of it. And, and the scar this week reminds me of those other scars. The ones that I bear, the ones that I've dealt with, the wounds that have been real. And when the devil rears his ugly head and wants me to drink the poison of holding on to it. And say, what about that? My God will remind me that while the scars are real, the forgiveness has healed the wounds. And by his wounds, I've been healed. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, there are people here who, who are dealing with wounds. They're open right now. They're, they're real. They've been hurt by, by someone or something. And I don't want to minimize that. I, I don't want to overlook it. And I know that that those stones that they've been hit with have caused a wound and it hurts and it's real and there's a loss involved and there's pain. I simply pray, oh Lord, that you, you remind them in, in their time of hurting that you're with them, that you became a victim for all of our sins so that we might be victors in you, that we might know that no matter what we face, no matter where we go, no matter what's going on, you're with us and you know what it's like to, to endure it so that you can relate to it. And I pray for that, Lord, that those who are hurting know that you're helping, that you're there. And I pray, Lord, that, that all of us in, in, in the hurts and the wounds find healing, spiritual healing found in forgiveness for us and, and alone the ability to forgive others. How do we forgive that, Lord? Because we know you, a God of justice, and so we can leave it alone, and a God of mercy. By his wounds, we've been healed. Lord, I pray for that for our church to be a place where we wrestle with and, and talk about forgiveness and, and what it is and what it isn't, about consequences and, and boundaries and, and when they're needed and, and, and when they're not, so that we might ultimately, Lord, be a church where people find forgiveness, just like Joseph's brothers needed to hear about forgiveness and see mercy in action, to leave the stone with you and to forgive the sin. And help us, Lord, give us strength to do just that in Jesus' name. Amen.